Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's one of my favorite songs. Oh, I really believe that there's people in here that have been silent on the mountaintops and silent in the streets when it comes to the name of Jesus. But I've been so praying and so believing that the series that we're in this month to reach people for Jesus is gonna spark something on the inside of you to realize that you are the hope of the world because you carry Jesus on the inside of you. We are getting ready to all shout from the mountaintops and shout in the streets. Can I get a huge amen? Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. We declare the city of San Diego will be saved. We declare right now, God, that you go before us for divine appointments to make a way to share your love. Pray for people so they can experience your power, that their lives would be transformed that the city of San Diego would be known for a city that stands for Jesus Christ. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, beautiful. So beautiful in here. I'm so proud of you. San Diegans, you came in the rain. So good. We're shifting that culture in San Diego that we have to be scared of the raindrops. So proud of you. I might look like a little bit of a drowned rat, though, because I forgot where I parked at the offices, and I'm just wandering around in the rain trying to find my car beeping. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, just wanted to share that. Go ahead and take your seats, beautiful friends. So excited about tonight, and I'm so glad you're all here. So we are in our evangelism series called Reach. And uh, I just want to ask a few questions before we get started. So I need full crowd participation. No one is allowed to keep their hands at their sides. Because every one of you should be able to raise your hand for one of these things because you're in the building. Okay? So I want to ask this question. How many of you are here today because someone invited you to come, whether it was 10 years ago, 10 months ago, or 10 minutes ago? Good job. Okay. Okay. How many of you found Jesus because someone... Someone else told you about him. You didn't just randomly learn about Jesus on your own. Like someone told you about Jesus and that's why you're saved. My gosh, you guys are amazing. Okay, this is just, I just am curious. How many people are here today because you were introduced to Jesus at one of our musicals or night of Christmas? I love this. Wait, wait. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. I have been encountering so many people as of late that found our church, that found Jesus through one of our musicals, Our Night of Christmas. And you're going to start hearing some of their testimonies in the, in the few weeks to come ahead of us. It's going to be so powerful and so beautiful. Um, how many of you found our church by Googling good churches in San Diego? <gasps> I love Google. I should send Google honorarium because he gave us you. Oh. Thank God Google did something right. How many?
many of you just randomly drove by our church and decided to check it out one day? Oh, that's a good amount of you. That's amazing. Location, location, location. Good job. Good job. Okay, so this is so, so amazing. So it, it, whatever, however God brought you into this place today, we're just so happy that you're here and you're a part of this amazing family at Awaken Church. Um, I love speaking on evangelism. It is one of my favorite topics. If you know me, I'm usually preaching on evangelism or trying to get people set free from demonic oppression. And I feel like they go together so brilliantly. Because first we, have, we people encounter Jesus and then we get them free from all the crap that the world's put on them over their lifetime. So it's one of my top favorite subjects is evangelism. And so uh, I want to talk tonight uh, of a couple different things and ways we can actually reach people and influence people and impact people. And so the first thing I want to talk about is, or ask the question, like, what is our assignment? What is our calling? Uh, because I, well, I was, re- I, this was the first Pathfinder conference I attended. I couldn't attend the whole time and I was very sad. Um, but where, when I was there, I was extremely impacted. And so I know Pathfinders uh, uses some terminology that I'm not super familiar with, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go and throw out a term that some of you may have heard of before, and I might butcher the definition. If I do, blame my husband because I've asked him since yesterday to give me the true definition, and he has not told me. He keeps saying, oh, I'll let you know. I'll, I, I'm, I'll get back to you. So if I butcher it, Blame Pastor John. Okay, okay. Essentially, so if you have been a Pathfinder, you've been around long enough, or you know Pastor Colin Higginbottom, who now oversees our Boise campus, you would have heard the word convergence. Have I pronounced that correctly? Thank you. Okay, so it's kind of like when the giftings that you have line up with the calling that you have and with the passion that you have for it. So when you put your gifting and your calling and your passion together, it's like this convergence. And that is the thing that you are most anointed and called to do in this life. Because when those three things align and you are in the will of God, fulfilling the purpose that God created for you, there is an anointing that falls upon your life and there's a favor that follows you. And and the favor uh, will get you farther, faster, and raise you up higher than any other when you're in that calling and in that anointing. And I'm sitting there and I've only really thought about this term in relation to like your marketplace assignment thing you're called to do, whether it's a teacher or a doctor or a mom or whatever it may be. But I'm sitting there going, what does that mean for believers? Like where, what, where would that line up with convergence with believers? Like what is, what is our calling? And so I want to propose to you tonight that we don't just have a calling and anointing for our assignment in the earth, in the marketplace, or in life. As believers, we all actually have another assignment as believers to be Christ's ambassadors in the earth. So as believers, we don't just have an assignment, we have assignments. And that is what I want to talk to you about tonight. So the title of my message is Assignments. So we are all called and assigned to be ambassadors for Christ. The, Bible's tell, the Bible tells us this in 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, therefore, we are, in, we, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us, all of us. We, we, all of us, implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So we 
as believers are all ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ wherever we go. And I think we can represent him well or we can poorly represent him, depending on the health and the state of our lives. But the goal is to represent Christ truly and purely for who he is wherever we go. And I've said this before, but when we understand that we are called as ambassadors for Christ to represent him wherever we go, that, doesn't, that means we actually don't ever just like leave our house. We actually are sent on a mission by God every time we leave our house to be an ambassador for Christ, to represent the kingdom of God to everyone that we encounter. And so, and we don't just appeal to people we don't just make our appeal, you know, that people would surrender their lives to Jesus by our, our actual words that come out of our mouth. We can appeal to others by the way we live our life, by our actions, and, and, and by our lives and how we speak. And so I want to talk about a few of those things tonight, but we are all called to participate in the Great Commission. If you weren't convinced by the scripture that says you are all ambassadors for Christ, let me give you another. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, who? The believers, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, all of you go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So who's supposed to go? Us. us. All of us. We're supposed to go into all the world and make disciples. I love what Pastor Lance Walnow said at conference. We, it's, we're supposed to go, therefore. He used King James Version. So the world says, go ye into all the world. He's like, and too many believers are like, just come ye. You know, like, just come to us. Just stumble through our doors. Just somehow make your way through Google or driving by. No, we, we're supposed to go ye into all the world. Not just expect them to come ye without us going ye. So we need to go into all our worlds and we must do that. We have to pick up our mandate and our mission as ambassadors for Christ because there are lost and broken people out in this world and you have the answer. The world has no answers for them, but you have the answer for them. And it is so much easier these days, I believe, to see who's being devoured by the enemy. And that's why we have to go ye into all the world because the enemy isn't hiding anymore. We see the devastation and the devouring right before our eyes. You see the darkness, you see the confusion, the depression, and all of these things on people's lives. That's why we must go, because we know that the enemy has an assignment for every single person on the human planet. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is seeking to devour people. That is his plan for every single person on the human planet. And so we actually have to rescue people from the grip of hell and the devil to save them, to spare them from a lost eternity. And the Bible says that God wants no one to perish. And I think we need to, to grasp that, that if God doesn't want anyone to perish, no, not one, the Bible says, we need to take that as our mission or band, that we are also committed to make sure no one perishes that's been placed in our sphere of influence. Right, yeah. We have the opportunity to reach people for Jesus. And, and I've said this before, but every time we actually share the gospel with someone, do you realize it's, it's an act of love? Absolutely. But it's also an act of war. Because there's a battle over every human soul on the planet. And the devil is raging war to try to, to take those people to hell with him. So every time you show an act of kindness, you, you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ, you offer to pray for someone who needs healing or invite someone to church or to share a kind word or be generous towards someone, you are actually engaging in the war over their life. 
And it's an, it's, a, it's an act of war when we try to love people. Because the devil hates it when we love people. Because we realize and we'll recognize they will know them for your love one for another. So the devil hates it. And so you can imagine that why there, there might be a little bit of the intimidation or insecurity around actually telling someone about Jesus, because you're not just battling your own insecurities, you're actually raging war against the devil's plans for their life. And there may be some retaliation, but what, what we need to understand is that, that while he is the king of darkness, we actually serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we, you and I, have been given all authority over all the power of the enemy. So we are, we serve a defeated foe and it cannot prohibit us from reaching people for Jesus Christ, being loving and being kind and telling someone about the gospel message. And I think what helps us realize that we need to have more confidence when we're trying to share the love of Jesus with people is that most people on this planet are actually searching for hope. They're actually searching for hope. They feel lost. They're broken. They know the way they've been living their life. There has to be something more. And so most people are actually searching for the truth. So that should take away some of the level of intimidation, knowing that people are lost and they actually want to be found. They just don't know that it's found in Jesus Christ. And that's where we help them understand that the things that they've been looking for in their life, the healing, the transformation, the hope, all of that comes through a person by the name of Jesus Christ. They know they need all those things. They just don't know it's found in Jesus. And so um, I shared this story once before, and it's to me so powerful. And so I just feel to really share it again. Um, but just really knowing that we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ and that people are actually searching for the truth. I want to share the journey of our beautiful Michael Cole. And I'm not sure if he's here tonight, but Michael and Michelle Cole oversee our prime ministry, our 60 plus ministry. They do a phenomenal job. Oh my gosh, they love people so well. They take care of people so well. I absolutely adore them as many of you do as well if you know them. And uh, we had dinner with them a while back. And so we just asked to share their story. We just wanted to hear their story. And uh, Michael is 78 now. But he was talking about, and see, they're just like a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. So it's like you always just kind of assume they've always been a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. But he began to share this journey with us that he was not raised in the house of God at all. In fact, he grew up in a really dark place um, in and his family had nothing to do with church. He knew nothing about Jesus. Uh, and he got involved with gangs when he was really young. And he began to share just some, and he got teary when he was sharing some of the terrible things that he'd actually done in his life. And he just realized, like, I, I can't keep living this way. I can't, I need something more. I have to change my life or I'm going to end up dying. And so he said he started this journey of searching for hope, searching for something, never hearing about Jesus Christ. And... The first person that he encountered on this search was someone that was highly involved in the New Age religion. So Michael Cole, hearing a little bit of hope in this religion, ended up being a part of the New Age church for over 20 years. Full-on committed every Sunday. And he said, but no matter how much I went or how much I learned, I never actually found peace in my life. And I just felt tormented, like, is there ever going to be peace? And so um, and then he just started to question, like, is this the answer? 
And at one point in his life, there was a, a friend in his world that finally had the courage to share with him about Jesus. He didn't even say a whole lot about Jesus. He just said, I want to invite you to my church to hear about Jesus. And he's like, that sounds great. Because he, what he's doing isn't working. And so he goes to this church and he sits through one sermon and he breaks down in tears and realizes that the thing he's been looking for and needing in his life is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And he sat there and he just, he's like, this is it. This is what I've been missing my whole life. And he said, he, he, when they gave the altar call, he hopped up out of his seat and then our sweet, dear, beautiful Michelle Cole pulled him back down, said, you are not responding to that altar call because she wasn't ready. They left. They came back the next week. When they got to the altar call, Michael looked at Michelle and said, I don't know if you're coming with me, but whether you come with me or not, I'm going up to the front to receive Jesus. He bolted up to the front and was saved. His life has been redeemed and restored. And in that moment, when Michelle Cole is sitting in her little pew and her husband is down there getting saved, there was a beautiful lady in the church sitting behind her and said, sweetie, don't you want to go with him? And she burst into tears. She's like, I do. Yes, I do. She's like, let's go. So she walked her down and both Michael and Michelle Cole got saved on that day. And they have been a wrecking ball to the kingdom of darkness ever since. I love that story. But part of that story really makes me upset. And this is why. Because it was a man searching for the truth for 20 years. 20 years, no one ever told him about Jesus and he was searching for the truth. And I just thought to myself, my God, like how many believers did he encounter on that journey? And no one had the courage to share Jesus with him. And he wanted Jesus. He just didn't know it was Jesus. And so I just want to ask us all honestly, like how many people in our worlds might be our Michael Cole? How many people do we pass by every day that is in our sphere and we never actually consider the state of their soul and their eternity? How many Michael Coles are in your world? And God has placed you divinely. Because remember, he's called you and he's anointed you through his favor. So we don't have to fear because God is with us. We have been anointed, all of us, no matter if we were not saved yesterday or been saved for 50 years. We are all anointed and his anointing is powerful. Romans 10, 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Matthew 10, 37 and 38. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest out there is so huge, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And I don't want us to just be a people that pray for other laborers to go out that we would actually pick up our mandate and our mission as ambassadors for Christ to reconcile people to God and become laborers ourselves to go into the world that God has placed you in 
to help save the Michael Coles in your world. You all have what they desperately need and you're anointed for it. And I wanted to share some recent stories because um, when I hear stories, I start thinking and I get good ideas or God will highlight people to me. Um, how many of you were here when uh, J. John, Canon J. John was here? What a powerful, powerful night that was. I highly, I implore you on behalf of Christ to listen to that message. And so uh, evangelism part of, is part of my normal daily activity. I mean, you guys have heard me preach about this probably 50 times. So I always have stories to tell. But I was challenged by J. John's message because he was talking about all the neighbors he would encounter on walks and this and that. And, and the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, remember your neighbor, Julie, that you've encountered like four times while you were walking your dog that you don't necessarily like? <laughs> and, and we've connected on walks. And it, was, and it was like before Cherish, I invited her to Cherish, that didn't work. And I was like, well, we're going to get together at some point. And the Holy Spirit was like, God, because he was asking us to think about who the people that God has placed in our world. And so... I remember going, and right when he was talking about your neighbors and he mentioned they were on a walk and he was ministering to people that came to know the Lord, I was like, oh my gosh, so much time has passed and I haven't reached out to Julie. And so I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit that I need to reconnect with that relationship. And so I text her and just said, hey, John's away tonight at a church thing. Would you want to come over for a glass of wine? I can make a light dinner and we can just hang out. Because she had always said like, we need to hang out. We're neighbors. So I'm like, come hang out. And, uh, and then she's like, actually, I can't come now, but I would love a rain check. She said, I'm up, you know, north with my mother who's dying of acute renal failure, which is the same thing that almost took my husband out, but he was miraculously healed. So I was instantly like, oh my gosh, can I tell you a story to encourage you? And I shared the story about John and how someone from this church came and prayed for him and we felt the power of God and he, he knew something was different. He felt the fire of God through his body and he was completely healed and released from the hospital. They're talking about if we have a will, they're talking about if we, on dialysis, all these things. And all of a sudden, he was miraculously healed because of the prayer of one man's faith. And so I was like, I would love to pray for your mom. I was like, just, you know, I'm going to be praying because I believe that God can heal your mom. And in that moment, you're taking a huge step of faith. I'm putting God's name on the line, but I have learned over the years that I don't have to worry about God's reputation. I think sometimes we don't do things or pray for people or step out in faith to tell them that God can make them well because we're worried it might not happen. But we wouldn't take the credit if our prayer healed them, the credit would go to God. So why are we trying to take the credit if it doesn't happen? Let God worry about his own reputation. You are called to pray for the sick and they shall recover. So I'm so excited because she's going to be coming tonight at Christmas. She's going to be coming to Twisted and she's going to be coming over to my house. And she's going to know the Lord and I'm believing her beautiful mother Susan's going to be healed. And it's such a special time of year because it's, it, there's just something, it's because we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Let's, let's be honest. Every Christmas killer they're hearing in the store, they're subconsciously singing and hearing. Am, am I like distracting people? Um, okay. Um, 
they're singing about the Savior, even they don't know him as Savior. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. I mean, they're singing the gospel. And it's such an amazing time of year because people are reflecting on their year. They're reflecting on their year. They're reflecting on their future. Some people are like, oh my gosh, I'm still stuck. I still have to go to Thanksgiving and tell everyone I'm still a mess. You know what I mean? They're thinking about their failures, their successes. They're worried if they even have a hope and a future because they're the state that they're in. They're reminded of how healthy or unhealthy their family unit is. Like, or maybe they didn't even get to go anywhere because their family's so unhealthy. They were alone on Thanksgiving and all. People are reflecting. And they're hearing about our Savior every day in their car, at the mall, wherever they're going. There is an openness to the gospel message this time of year like I think no other time of year, even over Easter. People's hearts are ready to be filled with hope. To me, you are welcome. You're welcome. We make it so easy for you this time of year. Because everyone wants to go to a show in the most popular venue in America. To see fireworks, to see beautiful things, to be entertained. And you can get tickets for $10. You're welcome. You're welcome. We are making your job as ambassadors so easy. Twisted. Like I said, I am encountering so many people that were a mess on legs, went to Twisted like this, and at the end they were like this. Their world, their lives, their health, their freedom, everything has changed. We make it so easy this time of year because people are looking for a festive. Like, they want to do something fun. They're looking for a new fun family tradition. But all you have to do is actually sow some seeds, not spend some money on tickets. You buy tickets. It's, you are sowing seeds into someone else's salvation. Do you not think the Lord will provide for you? You are sowing seeds into other people's salvation to spare them from an eternity in torment. Don't you think our loving Heavenly Father will provide for you, but sometimes you have to step out in faith first. Get those tickets. Invite people along. Believe that the people you've been praying for, that you've encountered, will receive those invitations and they will come to know the Lord during this beautiful Christmas season. We can all do that. Can you imagine what God will do in someone's life if you open up to being an ambassador for him? God is literally just waiting. He's like, come on, I'm with you. Like he's waiting for us to be willing to be ambassadors. I mean, it's remarkable when you come, I, I am sent by God every day. God, who are you going to put in my path to share the love of Jesus? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're looking, you're looking for opportunities to be an ambassador. Your whole perspective changes when you realize you're on mission wherever you go. I'm reminded of a story. This is, I'm probably not going to, I had four points. I, I think I, I don't think I'm at one. That's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. But I was just reminded of a story many years ago when I was with Pastor Leanne in Australia and she was speaking at a conference and we were going to be there for about five days. And so I knew I need to try to establish some rapport and a relationship with the barista because I'm going to be getting my coffee in the morning and my coffee in the afternoon. And so I'm trying to establish a relationship because I know I am going to tell him about Jesus at some point on my trip and I'm going to invite him to the church that we're at the conference at. And so I'm just every day, God, the Holy Spirit, just like, I literally feel the voice of God. He, he was not a very much of a conversationalist. So it was 
was like, oh, trying really hard. Um, and you just have to pretend that it's not hard and just keep talking like you don't care that it looks like they're rejecting you. Um, and so, so wasn't much of a talker, but I just, every day I'm like, striking up conversation while I was making my coffee. And I, I mean, it, I mean, this is five days. I was real trying to be creative, but I wasn't as creative all the time. So I was like, you make really great coffee. And he's like, hmm, thanks. And I'm like, um, isn't it nice outside? <laughs> like I'm just, the Holy Spirit was just like, literally I felt the Holy Spirit. I wasn't saying anything profound. I, I felt the Holy Spirit every morning say, just keep talking. So anything that I could talk about, I was talking about. So the last day comes and I know I'm going to try to invite this guy to the church that we've attended the conference to before I leave. And so, um, so I'm like, God, give me favor. Cause this has been like really hard. And so I remember talking to him and then I was like, this is my last day. I'm going to miss you. You've been so great. Like, I love your coffee. Like, this is awesome. And he was like, why are you here again? I was like, well, because I'm going to this conference at this church. And I was like, you know what? It's been so epic. You would love this church. And I start like telling him all the cool stuff about it. He's like, yeah, I used to go to church. And I said, oh, used to? Like, why used to? I always say that. People, and I was like, why? Why used to? And then you just, they'll literally just tell you. Um, and, and so he goes, well, I was super involved in my youth group actually way back in the day. And he said, um, but then my best friend in youth group committed suicide. And then he said, and then the next week, his girlfriend committed suicide, who was also my friend. And then he started, his, his chin started to shake and he stopped talking. And I said, let me guess, you thought if God was so good, why would he let this happen? And he just kind of shook his head and he said, that's about right. So he goes, I left the church and I left God. And this is like three minutes in. And I just said, hey, I was like, I just want to share with you that, I go, my sister committed suicide too. And I said, I blamed God for a while. I was really mad. Like, why would he let this happen? And then I realized after some time being really angry with God I remembered the scripture in John 10 10 and I said the thief comes except to steal to kill and destroy your life but Christ has come to give you life and life abundantly I said what I realized after a, a bit of time is that I was actually blaming the wrong person that was the devil all over what happened to your friends and I just said, this is the, the devil will do this. Because guess what? He made you run from the only one that could actually heal your broken heart. I was like, the devil has tried to get you off course, but it's never too late to get back on course. I was like, God loves you. And he is so grieved over what happened to your friends, just as he's grieved over my sister passing as well. I was like, but God has not given up on you. Come on, let's, let's get back in church. He's the only one that can heal you. And he just, there was tears and the whole thing. And he just said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back to church. And so this was five minutes total. But because I showed an interest awkwardly in his life for the four days prior. <laughs> within five minutes, we're talking about his friends that killed themselves, that took him out of the house of God. I was able to share. So God, God knew I was going. And he had me encounter that man because he knew I could relate to his story. Within minutes, we're relating over the grief of mutual suicides, blaming the wrong person, but that God was the answer. So 
do you realize like what opportunities God's going to give you when you allow yourself to be used by him as ambassador for Christ? God is going to blow your mind with how quickly you're going to be able to connect with people when you actually say, God, send me. I'm going to go ye. Let's go ye. Go ye. Do you do that? Can I get a yee <laughs> Good job, you guys. You're so awesome. Uh, I just got to end like pretty quickly. Feel the, the team can come. I have lots of other good points. I'll share them on another day. But basically, they were this. What does our life say about us? What does our life say about our priorities? You know, I think some of us might be trying to, like we love our friends and want them saved. But if this God is so amazing that they need to surrender their life to him, but then they see that you don't prioritize his house. And I think when you're trying to tell someone how important it is for them to meet Jesus, but you don't show them that you spend time with him, I think it can really mess with people's heads. And I think that we have 168 hours in a week where we're bombarded by negative, demonic, anxiety, the world's going to hell, all these things. 1.5 hours at 168. Maybe you can't go Sunday, you can go Wednesday. When people see your calendar, they understand where your priorities and commitments lie. And I don't want us to make it harder for people to realize they need Jesus, because if you don't need him, why do they? And, you know, Jesus calls the church the bride of Christ. And I love the analogy of the relationship. Because if, you know, John and I have been married for 20 years. And I know I look so young. I know. Thank you. Man, I need a facial. Um, my dry skin. My Lord. The weather. Um, sorry. Sorry, I got distracted. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So John and I have been married for 20 years. And he says he loves me and I love him. But if all of a sudden he stops spending time with me, or all of a sudden, you know, let's say we had commitments, but something else came up, so he canceled on me. I don't know. It's like you're trying to tell me you love me. It's like your lips may be, may be moving, but I ain't listening. <laughs> We're the bride of Christ. Are we communicating with our schedules and our calendars and our commitments that he is our priority because we love him and he's changed our life? Our priorities and our calendars speak volumes and people are watching. The other point I was wanting to get to was what do our words say about our God? Are we speaking hopelessness along with our worldly friends? When the whole world is shaking, are we shaking with it and speaking fear and anxiety? When negative diagnosis has come, are we speaking faith and offering to pray for people, pray the prayer of faith that will save the sick? I think... We have to be so careful if we're ambassadors for Christ and representing him wherever we go. What do our words say about God? 
they're looking and listening to us to understand how big or small our God is. So we have to be so careful. This is why it's so important for us to live healthy lives, to be made whole, to be transformed, to renew our minds, because of course we're gonna hit seasons of hopelessness and this and that. And that's why you need to be in the house of God. So you can be encouraged and built up. There is no shaming, first of all. I just wanna tell you, I love you. That's why I told you to be in the house of God. I'm not condemning you. Because the Bible says, those who are planted in the house of God will flourish. Oh my gosh, I'd be wicked to say, ah, don't come. I want you to be uprooted and wither and die. I want you to flourish. Oh my gosh, I want you to be in health and prosper just as your soul prosper in all things. We are bombarded 168 hours a week of negativity. We need a faith injection. We need hope. We need to be reminded how big our God is by hearing miraculous stories from beautiful Spencer sharing a story tonight. Stories of healing, transformation, redemption. What are our words saying about the bigness or the smallness of our God? You are his representatives in the earth. I'll end with this story. I'm a big storyteller tonight, aren't I? The last thing is, um, if none of that convinced you, if none of that compelled you or implored you on behalf of Christ, maybe this will. Understanding what's at stake for people if they don't hear about Jesus. I mean, no one likes to think about hell. It was created for the devil and his angels. So people who reject God on this side of eternity will receive what they ask for on the other side of eternity. And there's a story in Luke 16 about a man that didn't surrender his life to Jesus and was in eternal torment. The word eternal, I think, is so hard for our earthly minds to grasp. Like, it never ends. Like, let's all just hit, just think about it for a second. We can't wrap our head around it. For it never ends. How do you, how do you even try to comprehend something that never ends? I hate it. Oh my God, I, I would cry as a kid trying to think about what eternity meant for people and that my great-great-grandma and grandpa Gomer and Gomper rejected Jesus. It torments me to think about the torment of eternity. And, and that's what's at stake for everybody that God has placed in our world to show them how good our God is. And there's a story of this man in torment cries out to Abraham in heaven and begging him and pleads with him saying, please send somebody to go tell my family so that they don't end up in this place of torment. And that couldn't be done because there was a great gulf between them. We may be a little uncomfortable, a little insecure, worried if we don't have the words, all these things, but none of that will pale in comparison what you may lose compared to what they will lose if we don't become an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh. You wouldn't, at least I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemies. I don't care how wicked or evil you are. The Bible wants everyone to be redeemed. So just the weight of that is very weighty. But, but be filled with hope because you are in their worlds. 
Like what an amazing thing. And there's a sense of urgency, not because of the darkness of this time, but because we actually don't know if someone's promised tomorrow. That's why we gotta give our all to this everywhere we go when we can. And I've shared this story about um, my friend Johnny before, but Johnny was very elderly. He was brought here by his caretaker week after week. And the caretaker would always bring him up to me and say, he needs to get saved at the end of every service. And I'm like, all right, Johnny, what's holding you back? And he's just like, I just got lots of questions. He's wearing his cowboy hat and his wranglers and his boots. I got lots of questions. I'm like, all right, I don't want to rush you. Let's try to answer some of your questions. And then he would say that the second week and the third week and the fourth week. I said, you do realize, Johnny, that you're going to still have questions even when you get saved. I was like, don't wait till all your questions are answered because you may not have that amount of time. And I said, no one's promised tomorrow. I said, especially you, Johnny, because you're very old. I said it to his face. I'm like, you don't know. They're not promised tomorrow. And he goes, give me one more week. I said, all right, you get one week and then I'm on your trail. I said, you have one week to receive Jesus and I'm going to pray that you stay alive till then. And I grabbed an usher and I said, I'm preaching at North next weekend, but he said he was going to get saved next week. So Johnny, at the altar call, you come and and he promised to meet you there. I come back the following week that she was like, you're not going to believe it. Johnny got saved. I'm like, yes. And then the following week, he comes up to me with his cowboy boots and his wranglers and his hat. He goes, this is my friend Wild Bill. He needs Jesus too. And we prayed and Wild Bill got saved too. No one is promised tomorrow. There should be a sense of urgency that we all carry to reach the lost. You are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You are called. You are anointed. And when you allow God to use you, just wait to see the testimonies that are going to come of how God has used you to save people. The most practical thing, get them tonight of Christmas. Get them to Twisted. Get them into the house of God. They're going to encounter Jesus. God has placed you in your sphere of community as the ambassador for him. Let's represent him well. We all have assignments. Amen. 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 God is so awesome. Why would we not want to tell people about him? He's so amazing. He saved all of our souls. He's transforming our lives. He has set us free. He's healed us. Why would you not want to tell people about him? Let's all stand to our feet. You know what? If you are ready to fully step in to your assignment as an ambassador for Christ, I want to just pray an impartation of boldness and courage over you. Can you just lift your hand if that is you? You want to be used by God. Lord, I thank you for the hands that are raised before you right now. God, I thank you that you are smashing every spirit of intimidation or timidity. God, I thank you right now that right now you are filling up with a spirit of boldness, a spirit of spirit of courage, Father, that, that you are going to use them to be an ambassador for you. God, I thank you right now for divine appointments and divine opportunities. God, that when they would go out 
into the world, they would understand they are on mission for you, Lord Jesus. You will place people in their path that they need to encounter to extend an invitation to receive Jesus, to invite them along to church. God, give them eyes to see the ones that you see. God, give them eyes to see the ones that need you. God, I thank you right now that the house is going to be filled with people that are surrendering their lives to Jesus this Christmas season. God, use each and every one of us mightily. We step into our calling. We step into our mandate and we step into our assignment. God, use us, use us, use us in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.